It's another episode of Trey's Table Talks podcast. This episode, we're talking about the effects of fostering. Tune in for more. All right, thank you for joining us in another episode of Trey's Table Talks. So we are talking about the effects of fostering today. Um, So just to give you some statistics because, you know, data always helps. But the stats of stability, emotional support in the following areas. Environment. There are 7,839 children in out-of-home care currently in Washington State. Mental. uh, 80% of children and youth in care suffer from significant health issues compared to the 18 to 20% of the general population. Now, you may be wondering why is that? Well, because again, if you have a child who's being disrupted from placement to placement, if you have a child who's based out of Tacoma area, for those who don't know Tacoma area, and then they have to be placed in Yelm, which is southwest, 45 minutes southwest from, um, or east, whatever it is, south of Tacoma, it's hard to keep them consistent with their medical and their dental. And then also they're bouncing from house to house and school to school. So that's why they suffer sometimes those significant health issues. Plus, let's just talk about it. Stress, okay, which affects grown folks. So you know it affects children. All right, children and youth, we're still talking about mental effects. Children and youth in foster care suffer PTSD two times the rate as war veterans. Think about that. Children going from home to home after they've been placed out of their home with their grandmother, their parents, whomever it was they were living with, to go to strangers at the end of the day, it causes them to suffer PTSD two times as much as people who are in war. Isn't that something? That's crazy. Significant mental issues can lead to physical health issues as well, which we've talked about. So these children, you know, fostering, we don't want the state department to be the child's foster parent. But if it kind of helps stabilize a little bit, especially long-term care until the child, you know, maybe can get back home to their parents or their community, then you can help kind of dismiss some of that, sort of mitigate some of those effects. The last effect of fostering is permanent placement. Once a child or youth has been in care for nine to 12 months, that's a long time for being away from your parents, like living with them. A court hearing determines what the permanency plan will be. Return home, termination of parental rights and adoption, guardianship, third-party custody. Now, let me talk a little bit about this. So sometimes you have parents who, um, they start doing what they need to do to get their children, whether it's a substance abuse program um, or they've gotten diagnosed with a mental health disorder that they are now treating and they're living with and they're learning how to use healthy coping and safe coping skills for themselves as well as their children. We may even have parents who have come out of jail. They still have their rights as parents. So they may come out of jail and and then now they're doing what they need to do to obtain their child. Then kudos to them and any of these parents who work back to get their kids. It's not easy, you know, for them. They didn't want their child gone, but sometimes people just need help with different things. And so um, we've had it where even uh, some parents have not been able to um, care for the children because they are suffering with their own physical health. So maybe the grandmother now has some physical health issues that 
just makes it difficult and the child not having the supervision or the care that they really need, they start wilding out and acting crazy. And the grandparents like, listen, I'm already dealing with this health issue. It's too much for me. I'm going to ask y'all to come get her, get him, whatever the case is. So that's part of the permission plan. Okay. Studies show the longer a foster youth is in out-of-home care, the more risks of violence, antisocial behavior, low education, common psychiatric disorders, depression, or premature mortality by either suicide or injury in adulthood. Let me tell you, we experienced that just in our homes. We can have a child. We have this one child who came to us maybe, let's see, three years ago. And they were younger, about 12 years old. And there were some, dis, you know, some disruption, some like behavioral issues. And they've been with us as recently in the last few months. And each time, I think this, the last few months would have been his fifth time with us. His fifth time with us. And each time he was, he came back to us, escalated. Something else was popping up. Something else was going on. Now, this last time he stayed with us is we're the longer plan, and we just kind of worked with him. Um, he was with us short term. But again, that is another effects of fostering. And we're emergency placement. So they only stay with us up to 30 days. This is why we need parents, adults, trusted adults who are going to stick with the children. So what the teenager threw a ball at the wall? Who cares? It's a teenager. They're going to act up. But what you do is say, okay, what's going on that you threw that ball? What, what, what support do you need? You want to talk? Let's go take a walk. Let's go drive. Let's go get some ice cream. Let's go do something. And if you want to talk, let's talk. If not, we can talk afterwards. Find out what's driving that behavior and just instead of getting all scary because the child threw a ball at the wall and that almost hit you. That may be a one-time thing and maybe, and let's go here. You as the foster parent, you may have said something that triggered them without even knowing, or maybe you knew. Now, let's just be honest. Sometimes adults can do that. They can antagonize kids. But anyway, <laughs> so those are the effects of fostering, all right? So this is why we need the stability of different, for children with and youth in foster care. And, you know, I was just at a meeting this morning with the Department of Children, Youth, Families, some people that work there, and they were talking about school-age kids school-age kids. So we're talking between six and really 18 years old. Now, sometimes the six-year-olds, they may behave in what a, you know, two-year-old, how maybe a two-year-old acts and a two-year-old that's not going through trauma, a two-year-old that's just being the terrible twos that we kind of assume that they're being. Um, and so you have to work with those kids. And so Fostering, I've said it again, it's not for the faint at heart, especially with the children who are still in care, been in care for a little while. They have, they've had increased PTSD, increased violence, as I've just said, increased antisocial behavior. But if you can take on those kids and give them the love and give them the structure, give them the stability, let them feel safe, I'm telling you, it's going to take a minute. But guess what? In the end, it'll be best for them in the long term. And I, I got to keep thinking about, these are our babies. Like, in 20 years, where are they going to be if we just completely not take care of them? And you could say, well, it's not our responsibility. The parents should be. Yeah, I mean, you could argue the parents should be. But what if the parents just can't? What if the parents just are just, they don't have the capacity because maybe they have a drug addiction that they their parents expose them to. I've had kids 13, 14 years old who've been exposed to meth at nine years old. 
Now they're 13, 14 and lost. Now think about those two. What's going to happen to them in 10 years? Because I'm still going to be around and they're going to be making decisions or maybe not, or I'm going to have to make decisions for them because they're not stable at 23, 24 years old. You know, and so we have to all do our part and take on a foster kid. I'm telling you, you could do it. Okay, I promise you. All right. So we have, uh, along with the effects of fostering, you know, we want to talk about, again, we mentioned about in our first podcast for the month, like June is busy, right? Um, how many of you have gone to graduation, parties, ceremonies? And then we have Father's Day is coming up on Sunday, this Sunday, June 18th. So with Father Day, Father's Day this month, we are celebrating, acknowledging the importance of fathers, specifically foster fathers. So um, we have this wonderful foster father, and um, there's a couple of them that we have. I don't want to name the others because we didn't ask them if we can name them. But we have Riley, who is a staple of our foster our child placement agency, and he's a young man, single man, who's taken on um, teenage boys, and he has that military background from his own parents. So <laughs> structure and routine is definitely a part of his household. But you know what? Also, he does a lot of pro-social activities with those kids. He takes them on hikes. He takes them on trips. Like he's a, uh, what does he do? Um, resource officer at one of the high schools. And uh, he, he summertime, they're going to hit the road. They're going to go to Arizona. They're going to go wherever they're going to go. But he keeps them busy, which again, gives these kids another experience to, to kind of ease the blow. Doesn't replace the parents, but just kind of helps them cope a little bit more you know, and experience things that they may, maybe would not have experienced, right? So we we love our foster dads, whether they're here at JMC or I've known people who have been fostering and people that are very, very excited about fostering. And there's all those dads that are out there fostering or adopting, uh, you're adopting children, all these things. So we, we appreciate you. And so that these foster dads can provide a supportive and stable family for children who cannot live with their birth parents until family problems are resolved. So again, just a reminder, you know, I only come on here just to talk about fostering and the need that we still yet have to foster. You can, you have to be at least 21 years old. You can be single, you can have a partner, you could be married, you can have a family member or a relative. Again, one of my foster uh, parents, she's actually a relative of her child. And she also has a bed, a second bed to where she does respite care. And it just works out beautifully, you know? So it also, it's a, you need a supportive income. You know, listen, any foster parent that has these children, no, you are not going to get rich. It's not going to change your lifestyle. It'll help. It's a reimbursement because some things you can't put money on. One, you just, this child being in my space, if you will. So, but you, so you'll need some type of supportive income, whether it's you or your partner or something like that. All right. And then of course you have to go a uh, background check and there are requirements for foster parents who want to be licensed to go through a uh, training as well uh, as part of the licensing process. So bottom line, often foster kid kiddos don't want another parent, rather they want to do their own thing. So regardless they need the compassionate and committed trusted adults to care for and about them like you. So, you know, think about it. Like I, I just met the declaration today for myself. Now I love being around kids, but see, I can't, 
I can't do the little babies because babies require a whole lot. I got a little puppy. He's so cute. And I'm so glad we got so many people in my house because sometimes he is busy and he wants my attention. I don't feel like giving him no attention. And he, but he's a dog. Now I can't do that to a baby. You know, one day I'll have grandkids, but you know what I get to do? Hug and love on the little babies and give them right back to their parents. That is a beautiful thing. I'm telling you. But if you give me a four, five, six year old, seven, eight teenager, whatever, Hey, I'm cool. <laughs> My little audience in here is laughing. They try not to laugh. But <laughs> you can give me a teenager or a, a youth. I don't mind because, hey, we can we you can hang out. This is a safe place and we can take care of you. And so I found out about some siblings this morning and I was like, man, I have two rooms. I could really be turned into a bedroom. I may have to look at it. And I have two adult children. Well, one's going to be three, three adult children. And I don't know, maybe their plans, they move. And I said, what, what is this? What, what are we going to do, husband? It's just going to be us and, the, and the, the younger one. That's it, the minor. But the other ones may need to move on so we can take off. <laughs> Look, they like, you're going to really kick us out. No, we're not kicking you out. My mother would say to us, side note, my mother would say <laughs> to us, I want you to leave when you can leave and not have to worry about coming back. Ain't that something? So you stay until you know you don't have to come back. Anyway, that's just a little antidote for y'all today. Um, <laughs> so again, the effects of fostering, there is an environmental effect, mental effect, as well as the permanent placement effect. So we need you, you know, school-age children, six up to about 18 years old. And then there's also, a need, if I want to go beyond that, there is a need for kids who are extended foster care, who are independent and just need a place to stay. They don't need a parent. They just need a safe place to stay where they can get some food, water, you know, hot hot water, you know, uh, lights, you know, shelter. And they could go on about their business where they're in school or working and things like that. And they can transition into more of an adult life with responsibility with their own living. So there's opportunities for you. So if you have your heart kind of like, man, I always wanted to do it. Call us. We can have a conversation and we can do this. All right. I'm telling you, I would have never made that declaration until today. I was just like, I got to be a part of the additional part of the solution. I have to be a part of that. So anyway, I haven't told my husband this yet, but I'm sure he's fine because he invites everybody over all the time. <laughs> he loves kids. So anyway, I appreciate y'all for listening again. And let me, and my kids call me squirrels because I am a little squirrely. But I hope you got the point of the need that you can help minimize these negative effects of fostering because of the positivity that you are going to give these kids as a foster parent. All right. Thank you. And enjoy this live. Okay. Bye. Well, hello there. My name is Trelane Davis. <laughs> And this is another episode of Trey's Table Talk. I got my melanin pop in for Juneteenth because we are celebrating our freedom as African-American people, okay? Descendants of Afri enslaved Africans. Somebody told me there's a difference between slave and enslaved. I was looking at that. So I have to get a little bit more acknowledgement of that. You know, they look like somebody was on a, they were talking about, something they just seem very intelligent so we're gonna go with it but either way it goes 
that's what we're doing. All right. So, hey, it's a busy, busy weekend, y'all. It's busy. There's a lot going on in the world. A lot going on in the world. A lot going on here in Washington State. Hello, Instagram. Hello, Facebook. So, uh, we're going to see if we can get some people on. But if not, it, it'll be short because I don't believe in just keep on talking to myself. But Another episode of Trace Table Talk. So we are start talking about effects of fostering, and we are specifically talking about foster dads. So if you're interested in hearing a wonderful story of a foster dad who happens to be in our child placement agency, we licensed him. Actually, he works with AMC too, so he just loves kids. And uh, <laughs> he grew up with foster children. You all have probably heard me talk about him several times, but it's a wonderful video on our Instagram that talks about um, Riley, a video of him talking about fostering. So this is Father's Day weekend, as well as so much stuff is going on. And, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't take time to uh, honor my father, Arnold Myers, the late Arnold Myers, and then uh, Alfred Davis. This is our fourth. Good afternoon, Catherine. Um, the first, my husband's father, who's also like a father figure to me as well. Um, this is the first Father's Day that we will um, have without him. And for, I can't believe it's been, I think this is our third one with um, my dad, Arnold Myers. And I'm just kind of like, man, time is just flying by. But they've always, hey, JJ, they've always been dear to us. And they um so instrumental in, in me as a woman and what they put in me. And then I want to also mention my godfather because we spent a lot of time as children with them, uh, uh, Big Daddy, Deacon James Thomas Sr. Um, and so he has been an inspiration as well for me as a young child. Thank you, JJ. JJ is another great father. I sometimes on face, I'm on get on Facebook and I see your daughter, Juliana, and she does the shot put. Yeah, you don't see many African American girls do shot put. You see plenty of them running, doing track and all that, all that kind of stuff. I do have my own little podcast. I'm not on here often. I really, I don't know, but you know, it's okay. Um, but yeah, to JJ, uh, he married my childhood friend. Matter of fact, I did their wedding. I was their coordinator. 2000. Oh my God, y'all been married. Come up on 23 years this year, JJ. Woo. I'm telling you, time is flying by. So I just want to honor all of the fathers, whether you have been... How you doing, Miss QB? Thank you so much. Appreciate you. All of the fathers who have contributed to my life personally, as I've said, my own father, Arnold Myers, and then my spiritual father, who turned out to be my father in love, uh, the late, uh, great Dr. Alfred C. Davis Sr. And then, of course, I want to mention my godfather, who is yet with us, clapping in, in his seat. He has a seat at his church. And they better not ever take that seat. <laughs> he better keep his seat at that church. So, <laughs> but that is Deacon James Thomas Sr. And you know what I love about him? Uh, my godmother passed uh, some, gosh, it's been almost 14, 15 years ago. And he started traveling. He just started living his life and traveling because he had, he he did those vows. She had gotten sick with cancer and another bout with cancer. And he just looked after her. It, when I tell you, till death do you part, that's what he did. And so I appreciate how he's living his life. Hey, Ronaldo, 
and how he is doing what he needs to do. And he has a, his uh, kids are grown and he has grandkids and, and they're doing well. And you may have mentioned, you may have heard me mention Carnelia Thomas. She's an amazing licensed mental therapist and uh, his daughter in love. And then his son is an amazing nonprofit um, manager, financial manager, James, Tom JJ, James Thomas Jr. Or maybe he's called a second, you know, some juniors, they turn to second, like my brother. He ain't no junior, he's the second, so. And then of course, my uh, God sister, Mary Walker and her husband, Gary Walker, small, beautiful family. They're doing some awesome things also, also in the community. So honor to them, all of the fathers, all the fathers, my own brothers, my brothers. Let me tell you, I have, I have three brothers, biological brothers, um, Arnie, Charles and Brandon. And uh, they have been so instrumental. My, my oldest, the oldest one is underneath me, Arnold Sr., I mean, Jr., or the second. He hasn't biologically birthed any children yet, um, or whatever the plan is for life, because I don't believe in putting that on the hunt. If you don't want no children by yourself, you know, or on your own biologically, that's okay, too. You could definitely be a father figure, and he has been a father figure to so many children. He's coached basketball, I think, uh, different things like that. And so he helps out with children and community as well. So, and then I have my brother, Charles, who um, he didn't have any sons. He doesn't have any biological sons, but he's a great dad to his daughters. Um, and he is also another father figure um, for kids at the church. We get kids that will, I can't see y'all because like, we get kids that will kind of, you know, misbehave and they go to uncle Charles. That's it. They gonna calm down with him. And so I appreciate that. My brother, Brandon, and another one, he has two beautiful boys and, and um, he's a good dad as well. You know, he's kind of one of the new age fathers. I know. I hope he sees me say it too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he's good with his sons and they have these beautiful families. So I appreciate them. And if we go to the dad side, the Davis side, I said it the other day, we were celebrating my niece, Zania, who graduated from high school. And her dad, Aldrich, um, was, of course, proud. And so my husband was there, who was also an amazing father, and their brother, uh, Jerome Davis, and their oldest brother, Al. And it's kind of like, somebody said something. I said, what, what daughter is not a Davis girl, daddy's girl within the Davis family? All of them are, they all have daughters. A couple of sons, I think. Yeah, there's some sons. So many. Um, <laughs> but they're all great dads and they love their children. And, um, I want to honor them today. And so many that I've grown up with who are amazing. And I just believe that you don't have to have a biological or bloodline child to be a father. Um, cause you know, truth be told, some of these daddies that got children, honey, they ain't doing what they supposed to do. Okay. But they can have people in their village who can step in. And I'm telling you, and I want to encourage you, if you are a man and you have space, heart capacity, you have time to go and mentor our children. You know, there's a lot of things going on with our children in the world, teenagers, you know, even younger kids. There's a lot going on that they're faced with. And so, and these, sometimes these single mothers, they need help with their children. They need help with guidance and you know, you can say it as a woman to your son, but there's some things that he needs to hear that boy, if you have a boy, 
who is smelling themselves, as the old people who say, needs to hear it from a man. I don't know, something about that. And so and I get it because it's the same thing with us females. You know, when we talk to our girls about different things, it's different. It'll hit, it hits differently. So I encourage you to be nice, okay, to the fathers. Commend all the fathers, whether it's even fathers. You have some fathers who have just taken on um, their wife's children from other relationships um, or their girlfriend's children and things like that. Or maybe they're even fostering. They may be they may be the uncle daddy, I call them. So they're the uncle, but they behave as the daddy for their children's or their brother's kids, whatever. So listen, if you are a man and you have that heart and that time capacity, you know, you know, first of all, always become a foster dad. You want to do that. But always just make yourself available. Pay attention. Pay attention. Hey, Clara. I know, girl. I know it's like the only time you're going to see me, huh? Because it's so crazy. I'm so tired. Look at me. You see me? I look like I'm about to fall out. I'm so sleepy. But I'm taking a nap because, honey, as I've gotten older, if I could take me a nap, try to squeeze in 15, 20 minutes, I will do just that. So what's going on here? Let's hear from you all. JJ, what are your children doing for you? Or what do they normally do? Or, or what have they done to honor you? Whether it's Father's Day or just the time of year that just made you say, man, I'm so glad I'm a dad. Bishop Doss, to any of the men on here, what has your children, your stepchildren, foster children, your spiritual children, or just kids at school, in your church, in the community, what have they done to you that makes you go, man, I'm glad I'm a dad. Or I'm a role model as a dad. So let's talk to each other because we want to uplift each other. Okay, let me go. Ciao. Ronaldo, I'm telling you, girl, maybe it's the 50 and up. We got to have these naps. So y'all love to eat and fellowship. That's so good. That's so good. And and you're so proud of your daughter and your son and when you see them. When I look at y'all on Facebook. Sometimes I see that love and just the proud papa. I love it. You and your beautiful wife have done an amazing job with your kids. Um, what do y'all do, Bishop Doss? What do you have? You got a lot of kids, Bishop yeah. Doss. You and your wife. Y'all got children. But <laughs> and that's not even counting all the spiritual children that you have. But what are some things that have been done for you or just kind of like made you just feel really good about being a dad, being a father? So like that. So Let's just chat for a minute. We're not going to be very long because I'm then I'm going to share with y'all what's going on this weekend concerning Juneteenth. But um, anybody else um, or let's talk to people. Maybe there's something you've done for your father, whether they're with us or um, or they've gone on or maybe there's a trait. I've noticed that I see a lot more of my dad in me. I always knew he and I were the same person in a lot of ways, but a lot of his uh, compassions and that mantle. Um, I've accepted there's some things that were definitely Arnold Myers that I see um, in me. And so I, um, I, I I honor him today because I'm like, Lord, look at Arnold. Or me and my siblings would laugh about, man, if dad was here, he would say this, you know, things like that. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Ronaldo. Yes, he is missed. He is missed. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And he, he acted like he knew everybody, Chad. He acts like you knew everybody. I, it's so interesting because as I get older, I don't mind talking to people and meeting new people and having conversations with folks. But then I do mind. I'm okay with retreating and just watching TV. So I'm not into the Westerns because what is it about older men and Westerns? 
what is that about? Was there anybody else whose dad or grandpa used to watch the West? What is that about? I, what is that? My dad never really could explain why he loved watching John Wayne so much. And even Papa Davis, Pastor Alfred Davis, would love Westerns. And you know, it's the most misogynistic, sexist, racially <laughs> dependent, violent. Oh my God. I don't know what it is about the Westerns. I don't know. All right, y'all. Anything else? Anybody wants to y'all quiet? It's a lot going on. I understand. How many of y'all have three-day weekends? Oh, they loved you too, Miss Bean. They loved you too. They loved you too. All right, we're going to move on because, you know, I'm not going to be here long. I'm done. Uh, we are continuing the conversation live as we're doing right now. So, um, again, say something special to a father, even if you don't know them. You see, I love seeing when men are carrying their kids. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Keep being a great dad, you know? And I don't know them, but I'm planting the seed. I'm planting the seed. Okay, so let's see. Ronaldo says that New Covenant, which is her church, I'm sharing the Father's Day gifts. We made sure to create good gifts for fathers as well. So I celebrate the brothers in our church who honor Jesus and our great role models. Absolutely. You know, because men... They're not always, I'm actually speaking at my church on Sunday. So if you tune in, this is the same thing that I'm about to say. But sometimes our men are underappreciated, you know, and we as women can sometimes not always build them up the way that we may should, regardless of how they treat us, you know, and I'm not saying that we deserve to be abused, but, you know, sometimes you have uh, a father who's trying, you know, I was a single parent I, when my daughter was 16 when I got married to Alex Davis. And um, <laughs> I had to learn a few things and I had to give him space to build his relationship with my daughter and encourage that. You know, and even now as his wife, I have to encourage him or have honest conversations. And so we have the ability as women to build up or tear down. And I'm hoping that the women that you make it a point to build up and I had to with Ariana's dad swallow pride okay that's a whole nother conversation we can have about some single parenting child honey that's a whole nother conversation we can have but sometimes you have to swallow your pride for the so that he can feel like he has some space to parent the way he wants he needs to and you know and trust that he's going to do that and even when he does it you know any single parent on here, any single mother, always have your plan B, honey. We always got to keep them active. But we're going to encourage this time. We're going to have a new attitude. We just want to encourage our men and to all the fathers that are going to be great fathers. We want you to remember that if your dad wasn't the best father, you don't have to be him. You can learn a new way. You can be you. And learn your child for yourself. There's some things that are common, like common things amongst kids, but you know your child because your child is you, you know, but just, just be open and just know that dad was like, that doesn't mean you have to be that way with your children. Okay. All right. Hey, Josh. Hey, Miss Yolanda. I'm about to wrap this up. I'm going to give you some places to do this weekend, things to do this weekend for Juneteenth. Okay. So, hey, Hattie, um, Juneteenth local events here in the Puget Sound area, Puget Sound of Washington. Um, we have Eastside, my church, 4420 Portland Avenue East. We are having a Juneteenth celebration tonight at 7. 
All right. There's also my brother I mentioned earlier, Jerome Davis is sponsoring. Oh, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. This is Candy's Candy Wesley. I mentioned her last time. She is having a June 17th on June 17th, 11 a.m. all day at Wrights Park, a Juneteenth celebration. OK, then my brother on Monday on Juneteenth is having an all day Juneteenth celebration starting at 9 a.m. at Stuart Heights Park. So that's June 16th tonight. Eastside, June 17th, 11 a.m. tomorrow at Wrights Park here in Tacoma. And then the next day, Monday, excuse me, not the next day, Monday, Juneteenth celebration at Stuart Heights Park. All right. So that's it for me. I'm done talking. I'm going to try to grab that nap. But <laughs> so thank you again. I appreciate y'all. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. All right. Make it great and encourage somebody on this one, this afternoon. All right. Thank you. you for tuning in to this episode. We hope that something was said to inspire you to get involved. Here are a few ways you can get involved. To become a foster parent or respite provider, or even volunteer your time, just email us at foster.jmckids.com. To donate, JMC's cash app is dollar sign JMC Kids Place. Or if there is an item you would like to specifically donate, you can email us also at fosters at jmckids.com.